Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everyone. God bless you. I'm so glad to be back in the house of God. Boy, there's nothing like being without it to make you miss it, that's for sure. And you know, I don't know if you guys have been following what's been going on at Asbury or not. If you haven't been, you should really look into it. But they are having revival on a college campus. And people are coming from miles and miles across state lines to stand in line for three plus hours at a time in poor rainy conditions, freezing weather. Why? Because they want to experience the presence of God. The incredible thing about that place is it's an old chapel. There's no programs, there's no lights, there's no fog machines, there's no sound effects, it's not Hollywood, it's an old building that could probably use some upkeep. But what's important is the presence of God is there. And you know, here at Apostolic Lighthouse, we've always been more focused on the presence than on programs. Because guess what? We could be on a campus with an espresso bar that's Instagram worthy. And we might draw people because of the the espresso bar and that might keep you for a while, but truly only the presence of God is what's going to keep you. And you know what? I'm so thankful for a church who is focused on the presence of God. I am so thankful for a church who's not interested in watering down the gospel in a sea of sameness. We have got to have the truth. I am thankful for a pastor that buys the truth and sell it not. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Well, recently, you guys, I was sick for about two weeks. It was not fun, and I don't recommend it. When some people get sick, you can't even tell. They Like, they have to tell you that they're sick, or maybe you hear it a little bit in their voice because... They look exactly like they always do, even when they're well. I'm not one of those people. When I am sick, even perfect strangers will ask if I'm doing okay. Never met me before, but sure, the walls can tell. My face gets swollen, my eye bags have eye bags. I don't recognize myself when I look in the mirror, and I feel like a bag of trash. That's good, isn't it? I stole that from my sister. How do you feel? Like a bag of trash. Well, I went to my favorite search engine, Google, because I wanted to Google what are things that you stop doing when you get sick. And you know what? There was nothing. No postings, no blog posts, no articles. All that came up is what to avoid doing so that you don't get sick or what to keep doing to stay healthy. So I guess no one is talking about this, but I'll tell you what I stop doing when I'm sick. Everything. I stop cleaning my home. I stop making my bed every day because I'm in it, so I'm not leaving. Might as well just stay. My dishes pile up, and so does my bill for takeout because guess what? I don't feel like cooking. About the only thing that you can count on when I'm sick is me brushing my teeth. Outside of that, not much, because I'm sick. When we are not healthy, when we are not well, our behavior completely changes. 
You see, normally I like things clean. Typically, I don't sit down and relax until dinner has been made. Usually, when I get up in the morning, the first task of my day is to make my bed. But when I'm sick, all of that comes to a crashing halt. And I don't know about you, but when I'm sick, my standard for entertainment goes way down. The quality, it's like, when I'm well, I'm extremely protective and particular about where and when and how I spend my time. But when I'm sick, it's like, well, I've got nowhere else to go. So here's what happened when I was down for the count. I got to the end of YouTube. Now, how do you know that you've reached the end of YouTube? I was watching orca whales swimming in Norway. I'm not a subscriber, subscriber to Nat Geo. I never watch nature shows, but here I was watching orcas swimming in Norway, and I was beyond moods, like tears, streaming down my face. I'm sitting in my bed like this is the most magical thing I've ever seen. So moved that we sent the link to my parents so that they could watch this YouTube video. My parents are very busy people. They both sat down and carved out time to watch this program. And at the end of it, my dad says, I think they need to get out of the house. <laughs> I think they've been in the house a little too long. We, we're not really getting what's so wonderful about this. And he was right. It was like day 14. <laughs> okay. And as God does so beautifully and so mercifully, he showed me some things in my season of sickness. Today's message is this, temple or trash can, pick your vessel. And today, for our purpose over the next few minutes, I want us to define healthy as holy, and I do want us to define sick as sin. So are we on the same page? Healthy, holy, sick, sin. Healthy equals holy. When I looked up holy in the dictionary, there were several definitions available, but the one that caught my eye was that holy means to be devoted entirely to God. Devoted entirely, and not just devoted entirely, but a defender of righteousness. Romans 12.1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Verse 20 says, for you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Amen. You know, on the flip side, sin looks a lot like disloyalty and to be an offender of God. I recently heard a minister say, don't allow yourself to be entertained by things that God died on the cross for. Don't allow yourself to be entertained by things that God paid for on the cross. God paid for all sins, so don't allow yourself to be consumed by, entertained by, or distracted by things that God laid his life down for. That's powerful, isn't it? How do we know we are sick? Well, we have symptoms, right? I sure did. Sore throat, runny nose, congestion, cough, fever, chills, exhaustion, etc. right? Symptoms are an indication of an illness 
or condition of a disease. Sin is sickness. It is toxicity to our souls. And when you're sick and when your soul is sick, you're going to have symptoms. And it looks like disloyalty. And it looks like to be a offender of God and an offender of righteousness. It looks like knowing to do better and doing it not. It is disobeying the will and the word of the Lord. And it looks like addiction, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. But when you're holy, when you are healthy, when you are devoted entirely to God and a defender of righteousness, you can tell that too. How? The fruits of the Spirit. And we know what those are. Let's look at Galatians 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And you know, the Bible talks about spiritual giftings. Some are prophets, some are teachers. Some, some people have the gift of encouragement, the gift of wisdom. Those are like pick and choose. God's going to give some to each. These are for all. Every Christian should exhibit all of these fruits, not just some. We should all be full of love, full of joy, full of peace, full of patience. I need to work on patience, okay? Working on it, 2023, okay? Kindness, goodness, all, it's for everybody, the whole thing. When it comes to the fruits of the Spirit, it's for everybody so that when you are a temple and when you are dedicated to God, your life should bear fruit. And let me tell you something this morning. Nobody should be surprised to learn that you're a Christian. <laughs> when you have Jesus Christ living in your heart as evidenced by the fruit of the Spirit, when you have joy unspeakable and full of glory, when you offer to pray for somebody, they will receive it because they know that you are connected to the creator of the universe. They know that you bear fruit. They know that you are in line with someone who is solely and wholeheartedly dedicated to God, loyal to God, and a defender of righteousness. Can you imagine telling someone you'll pray for them and they say, no thanks? Yikes. But I can tell you, if, if, if your life's not producing good fruit, if your life's producing rotten fruit, I might not want you to pray for me either. A trash can will show symptoms of soul sickness. A temple is going to bear fruit. You know what the overflow of a trash can smells like? It stinks. Trash cans pollute their environment, and temples offer a sweet-smelling savor to God. 2 Corinthians 2.15, For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. We should be a sweet-smelling savor a fragrance to Christ. Let me tell you something. Trash cans are a place of darkness, but temples in Matthew 5.16 let their light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know what? Temples should light up every room that they walk into. You should change the atmosphere in the doctor's office, in the waiting room, on your, in your classroom at school, on your college campus. You alone have the power to light up the room because Jesus is living within you. 
Temples are building up, trash cans are for tearing down. Temples are growing, trash cans are dying. And believe me, whatever is in my neighbor's trash can is dead. It was dead three weeks ago and it's still dying, okay? Temples are growing, trash cans are dying. Hear me, this is important. A trash can dressed like a temple is still a trash can. You might trick people, but you will never trick God. Let's look at 1 Samuel 16, 7. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. <laughs> a lot of people looking like a temple, but they stink. A lot of people looking by a temp like a temple, but their life does not bear fruit. They are full of judgment and hatred and bitterness, but they, they're um, dressed like a temple. God sees. You know, everyone can remember getting your first car. Everybody think about that, that first ride for a second, okay? You remember that first car, and boy, oh boy, were you proud of it. And you took care of it, and you kept it clean. And if you thought you saw a scratch, you would lick your finger to wipe the dirt away. And you were proud to take your friends for a ride. My dad used to tell us that he, when he first got the keys to that old station wagon, he'd go get bread at the grocery store just so he could ride around town. Isn't that cute? Little station wagon. First cars are awesome. You're, you, you protect it, you keep it clean, but then about a year into, into ownership, about a year into having that car, if you were messy before, now your car is messy. If you were a messy person before getting your car, now you have clothes in the back seat. You have random stuff that you're just hauling to and from that has somewhere it should go, but it's just stuck in your car. Water bottles are strewn around. You have empty coffee cups. And all of a sudden, what was once pristine is now messy. Sometimes if you've been in church and if you've been in faith for a while, you allow things to get messy and you allow things to get cloudy because you grow comfortable. Oh, that is dangerous territory. There's a specific word of God and God just really preached by telling stories and he talked about being lost in the house. Don't be lost in the house of God. Don't come here dressed like a temple and really be a trash can. Don't grow comfortable in this thing. We have got to be one or the other. Revelation 3.16 says, So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Other, other versions say spew, but vomit's a very strong word. I think we've all been there, done that. The Lord is saying, make a decision. You can't ride the line, so either be cold and against me or hot and for me. Otherwise, I'm vomiting you out of my mouth. God is not a fan of people trying to walk the fence between good and evil or trying to do a little of this over here, but still coming to church on Sunday, loving the things of the world instead of being wholly dedicated to the creator of the heavens and the earth. 
Trash cans are for discarding. Temples are for outpouring. Trash cans are where things go to die. Out of temples flow rivers of living water. And you know what? You guys, if your coworkers, if your fellow students, if your neighbors, if your server at a local restaurant, your friends, if they were to learn that you are a Christian, would they be surprised? Or would they say, you know what? That makes sense. Well, no wonder they get so much work done or they keep, why they keep getting promoted or surely the favor of God is upon them. No wonder they shine in class. No wonder they are kind to me and they wave when they pass when all the other neighbors ignore me. No wonder they tip me well and they are polite to me every time they sit at my table at this restaurant. Really stop and ask yourself. That's challenging, isn't it? Would they be surprised to learn that you were a Christian? I hope not. Do they see the joy of the Lord? You know, quickly, this is this wasn't in my notes, but we used to go to this hole-in-the-wall Mexican food restaurant, and by hole-in-the-wall, I mean, like, there were certain times that my mom's like, please don't take them there, you guys. Please don't take them there. And I'm like, Mom, it's fine. They have a C on the window, but it's just I can't get over their chips and salsa. I didn't even care. Like, we'd roll up. It's a B. T- they went up. They got a B. Yay, they cleaned something. The best Mexican food I've ever had, and I can't find a better restaurant, was called Red Chili. And I would take all my besties there, and in high school, whenever I could save like 20 bucks, I would go spend it on food at Red Chili. Extra cheese on everything, please. Thank you. Well, there was this server that was a hot mess. Love, old lady, she was probably like, you know, 75 and still doing tables. And she was like, not angry, but just kind of like an old sourpuss. So she'd bring you your chips and just kind of throw them on the table and walk away. And then she'd slide on your waters and your iced tea, whatever you ordered. And she was always grumpy. Well, my parents, see, temples don't reflect what they're given. They reflect Jesus. If a server's rude to you, it's probably, it's, it's human nature to want to be rude right back, to want to leave no tip, to want to be like, well, you know what, you're a jerk, so I'm going to be a jerk. No, no. Temples change the environment. Temples change the atmosphere. So you know what? She was a jerk to us. We were sweet as pie. She was a jerk to us. We were sweet as pie. Please and thank you. Thank you, whatever. That day, my parents, I want to say, left her like on a 100% tip because it's this cheap little restaurant. So they left her this fat tip on top of the check. And from that day forward, she would run to be our server. She, I was like, you smile? You know how to smile? I, what? She, she absolutely treated our family like we were royalty from that day forward. Don't return like for like. If you return evil for evil, you're no better than everybody else. When someone's a jerk, it's easy to be a jerk. When you're working in customer service and someone's a real loser, it's easy to be a loser right back and want to hang up the phone. But it takes Jesus to love anyway. It takes Jesus to be the bigger person. 
sins carry baggage. Temples bring freedom. And I'll tell you, hurt people hurt people. Addictions rip apart families. Sin results in broken homes, broken marriages, and not only spiritual imprisonment, but sometimes actual. Trash cans conform, temples transform. Let's look at Romans 12:2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. A temple is a vessel of honor. A trash can is a receptacle for waste. I just want to be a temple. And let's be very clear. Temples are not perfect. They're cracked. There's places where there's scars and areas where you're broken, but that's where the love of Jesus comes in. And he is the gold that shines out of all my broken places because I am imperfect. But that's the beauty Jesus uses broken people for his glory. I just want to be a vessel workable in the potter's hands. Let's look at Jeremiah 18.4. But the vessel that he was making of clay was spoiled in the hand of the potter. So he remade it into another vessel as it pleased the potter to make. Shape me, Lord. Mold me. Make me into a vessel of honor reflecting the light and love of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. It's so he gets the glory. And you know what? I may have walked in here today a trash can. I'm spiritually sick. And I so want to be well. I so want to be clean. And let me tell you, you're in the right place for that. 2 Timothy 2.20 says, But in a great house, There are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Verse 21 says, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, from the dishonor, if anyone cleanses himself from the dishonor, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. So how do we cleanse ourselves? How do we cleanse ourselves from the dishonor? It's really simple. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know what? There's no hope in sin, but there's hope in Jesus. It's that simple. We just have to confess our sins to God, and it's not for the whole church or the whole world to hear. It's just you and God. A prayer is that. It's just a conversation between you and your maker, you and the Lord of all, who so diligently and perfectly and beautifully designed you. He's your heavenly father. Whether you receive him or not, he's your heavenly father. He's your savior. He's here to save, to seek and to save that which is lost. He's a friend. You can tell him anything. And believe me, you guys, nothing you can tell the Lord will surprise him. He's heard it all and he loves you. Get it off your chest. Let's get clean, okay? We just have to confess our sins to God, and he is faithful and just 
to forgive. And I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for forgiveness because I'm a hot mess. I tell my friends this all the time, but I'm like the captain of the hot mess ship. I am like, the, what's the train conductor? If there's a hot mess express, I'm the captain, the train, whatever person. I'm a hot mess. So if anybody needs forgiveness, it's me, and I'm thankful for it, and I'm going to take advantage of it because I want to be clean before my maker. I want to be a vessel of honor. Okay, so what happens after we repent? God's going to forgive us of our sins, and in order to remain temples of God, we need to stay in his house and under a shepherd, our pastor. There's this sweeping thing going on right now in Christianity where I, I'm just spiritual and I don't need a church. Yeah, we're not doing church anymore. We're just we're spiritual at home. Well, if the Bible was okay with that, I'd be okay with it, but it's not. Numbers 19.15, and every open vessel, us, which has no cover fastened on it, is unclean. Leadership is a covering. A shepherd is our covering, and he oversees the people of God. We need a pastor. Hebrews 13.7 says, remember those who rule over you who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. And 17 says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable to you. You know, as saints of God, when we go to heaven and stand before our maker, we're just standing up for our own self. But when pastor, when our pastors stand up before God, they're going to have to give an account for you too. So you know what? That's why it's okay that we're not a programs-focused church. We are a presence-focused church because they, I, they're not going to care if they offered coffee, they're going to care if they gave you Jesus. That's They have a responsibility over you. They're not just standing up for themselves. And so you know what? I would rather pastor get to the other side as the small church on the corner that spoke the truth because God would have just died for one than to water down the gospel. created to be ambassadors of heaven. We are blood-washed, blood-bought, sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled temples. You might be the only hands and feet of Jesus that someone will ever see. Don't blow it. Don't tiptoe or tap dance between being a temple or a trash can. Make a decision, hot or cold, are you in or are you out? 2 Corinthians 7, 1 says, Therefore, having these promises, Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of spirit, 
perfecting the holiness in the fear of the Lord. You know what? I've got to get right so that I can shine bright. And let me tell you today, when you make that choice, when you decide to be an ambassador for the Most High God, when you decide to be a temple, when you decide to accept the gift of salvation that God has so freely given to you, I believe that all of heaven exclaims, hooray, hurrah, warrior activated. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast and may God bless you.